Welcome to the Divorce Tribe Podcast. My name is Luke Mydell, and I created this weekly podcast to provide support and healing as you navigate the daily trials that accompany divorce. I have been where you are, I have walked that lonely road, and I'm hoping to share what I have learned and what I am still learning through others. We are part of the same tribe, the Divorce Tribe. Welcome to episode four, family, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. (laughs) This week, we will be discussing how involving family in the divorce can be both a positive experience and a negative experience, and in my case, a bit of a combination. My goal this episode is to help you understand the benefits and repercussions of involving family in your relationship near its end, whether you want them involved in the first place. And hopefully this podcast will give you some basic ideas on how to make your own decisions regarding how much to involve your family or your spouse's family. But before we delve into that, it's time for story time, where I discuss the current book I'm reading. As you know, I finished Aftermath, and I've posted a full review of it on thedivorcetribe.com, and I went on to a similar book titled Split, A Memoir of Divorce by Suzanne Finnamore. Now, Suzanne Finnamore is an author and journalist who has written weekly columns on being a single parent. She's published several books, including her memoir of divorce. Now, this book resonated with me more than Aftermath because Suzanne was blindsided by her husband asking for a divorce. And although her narrative of healing in the book seems a lot quicker than my narrative of healing, it did offer a glimpse of hope for how to not only move on from loving someone who broke your heart, but also how to thrive in a new role as a single parent. She writes this book in five sections, denial, anger, bargaining, grief, and acceptance, which are basically the five stages of grief. And each section of the book represents her story of how she healed from her unwanted divorce. Now, I'll go into depth on this book in a later episode, but for now, I wanted to reference a specific section of the book that pertains to today's topic. After her husband comes home one night and tells her he wants a divorce before packing a bag and leaving, the author makes a single phone call while her young son, A, is asleep. Quote, I make one telephone call that night to my mother, Bunny. It's me. He's left. I was still on the floor, having pulled my cell phone from the pocket of my jeans jacket. There's a long pause. My mother is a firm believer in the long pause, useful in interrogations, proclamations of truth, and the occasional cutting dead of someone without their knowing it. That son of a bitch, Bunny says. I make no response. I listen to the heat shut off, a cessation of noise from the vent on the floorboard. 68 degrees, I think, always. Bunny was rapidly summing up the situation, somehow managing to make sense of it all. He has no idea what he's done, Bunny announces. He seems to have his heart set on it, I mumble. I want Bunny to contradict me, to say it's ridiculous, he's only bluffing. My mother does not do this. Bunny has been divorced once from my late father, Richard. It happened in 1967, a vintage year for divorce. Bunny married Ron in 1969. 
I consider Ron my real father. So he's got a lawyer, Bunny said. It was not a question. Oh yeah, I said, but it turned out I had shouted it. A did not wake up. We both waited on the telephone to see if he would. Is A asleep, Suzanne? Bunny asked. Oh yeah, I said, softly this time, remembering that I was a mother. A terrible mistake at this point. Someone who can make things happen must be alerted. My mother suggested they drive in from Hayward, a 40-mile distance. I told her no. Bunny said she would come in the morning and to call her at any time during the night, and that A and I would be fine. She said it as though it were a threat. End quote. The author's mother, you know, tells her she's coming in the morning. And like the author, my parents were the first people I told about my divorce. I can't remember if I called them or texted them. That night is a blur like other nights associated with my divorce. Certain moments are seared in my brain like the charred grill lines on an overcooked steak. And then other moments are seen like through an icy window. But I do remember that I saw them soon after and I just wept like a child. And my parents wept with me. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible where Jesus comes to the grave of Lazarus, where Mary was mourning his death. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, Come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. Now this one verse, the shortest verse in the Bible, carries so much meaning and love. Jesus wept. He wept with Mary. He wept for his friend Lazarus, even knowing that he could heal him. That night, my parents wept with me because of the pain and the grief and the sorrow I was feeling. At that moment, they were there to comfort me. This is the good that family can bring. Now, I am blessed with loving, goodly parents. Parents who sacrifice so much to give me and my brothers a better life. My dad was a talented singer and actor at school, talented enough that I believe he could have moved to New York and become a Broadway star. But he became a teacher of religion and a father and eventually a one-legged pirate. And my mother is a talented artist. She does amazing watercolors and has illustrated many books. But she also did this while staying home and raising five rambunctious boys who would bring snakes and frogs and lizards into the house and then not seal the lid of the terrarium properly. This is the good that family can bring. I later told my brothers what was happening. We were driving in my parents' car, dropping off my youngest brother at his in-law's house. By that time, I had limited the crying to only a few times a day, so I was able to tell them without blubbering. And they, like most emotionally stunted brothers who love each other but don't say it, told me they loved me and would be there for me. And on another occasion, I brought my kids to my brother's house and just let them play with cousins while I crashed on the couch and slept. My brother and sister-in-law watched the kids, 
and I had a much-needed rest without even having to ask. This is the good that family can bring. Another example from Suzanne Finnemore's book that demonstrates the good that family can offer is from later in her book, when she has moved from the denial phase to the anger phase, when she's talking about her stepdad Ron lending her his beloved truck. Quote, Ron is bringing over his 1980 Dodge Ram four-wheel drive tonnage truck. It is a large, white truck with a bench seat covered with a horse blanket, a stick shift, and two big side-rear mirrors supported by four iron spikes. I can see all around me now. It is a plain truck, but good in an emergency. It seems that I am in a near-constant state of emergency. Take the ram, Ron says and he is practically weeping as he hands over the keys he loves it so much. He looks down at his work boots, and then straight at me. I'd like to drive it up his ass, Ron says. I gasp and feel happy all over. Just the desire to defend us is enough. Just the idea of it. End quote. There is something liberating and lovely and healing about the unconditional love of a family member willing to help you during your toughest times. I felt the same way when my parents got angry at my ex. It showed they loved and cared about me. Now, let's step back in time about a year and a half before my wife had asked for a divorce. I received advice from my bishop who told me that if I was wanting to make this marriage, this relationship work, if I wanted to give it a chance... I shouldn't talk to my family about the problems we were facing. And when I went to a therapist, she said the same thing. And I honestly agree with them both. I knew what would happen if I told my family. They would take my side. My wife would never want to go to their house again. So in this specific case, involving my family would have been bad simply because I wanted to do everything, everything in my power to make my marriage work, to get over this rough patch we were having. Not telling my parents had two impacts. One, it made my spouse comfortable going over to their house, hanging out with family, talking with my family while we were working on our marriage. It likely helped my marriage last a full year longer than it would have lasted had I involved my family early on. And I don't regret that. I would have regretted giving up on my marriage or not trying my hardest to save it. But the second impact of not telling my family was that it kept me isolated from that support that is so important in getting over trauma. That's why once the divorce was a sure thing, I went to my parents and told them because I was distraught and suffering. And in the same light, my sisters-in-law were both helpful and hindering in my healing. And that was my wife deciding to confide in her sister without realizing that confiding in her sister would result in them forcing her to tell me some difficult information. My ex's family became involved before I was even involved. The good of this is that my sisters-in-law cared enough about me to get things out in the open where they belonged. But the bad of this was that when my wife and I decided to work through this major issue to try and heal and learn to trust again, they had not yet come to the same point of understanding of what we were trying to do. As a result, I had a difficult phone call with a couple of my sisters-in-law where she said, he said, you said, we said, 
and it opened up a fresh wound that had started to heal. Now you might say, well, your sisters-in-law were right. And I'd say, yes, they were, partially. But I also learned a lot about myself. I don't believe everything happens for a reason. There's not some destiny to every single event that happens in life. But it happens nonetheless. And how we choose to react and move on from a difficult situation can be just as important as moving on itself. So in this case, the family intervention included both good and bad aspects. Now, I am healing from the divorce. I have a pretty good co-parenting relationship with my ex. We care about the kids and their well-being. But because of past trauma, some of her family have remained bitter and angry about the divorce and have taken it out on her. I, on the other hand, was blessed with a wonderful, caring family who has been there for me even as I have questioned my faith, questioned my own sanity. They were there for me. Imagine how hard it would have been if they had shut me out, shunned me. Imagine if I had told my brother, I'm having a hard time even believing that God exists because of what's going on in my life right now. Imagine if he had shut me down and told me to never talk about those things again. Imagine if they had shut me out of their lives. Divorce is hard enough without having to go it alone. This is the ugly that family can bring. And I'll be the first to admit that I contributed to this ugliness. Divorce rends your soul in pieces. And even years later, I was drawn back into that family that I loved. And I wrote an email. An email that was very cathartic to write, full of cursing, bad-mouthing. An email that I typically write and delete when I'm having a bad time or a bad day. But in this case, I pressed the send button. I pulled the pin, dropped the grenade, and walked away. I created havoc, heartache, and open wounds because of the hurt and pain and anger and frustration and so many flippin' emotions that I was feeling. This is the ugly that family can bring. This is the ugly that I brought into that family. And in the same light, when news finally breaks about your divorce, it's common for rumors to start going around. People start speculating at the cause of the divorce. They start talking to others. This does no good, and it can be detrimental to healing. In my family, a similar situation opened up, wounds again, because I wasn't sure if the rumors were for new crap I didn't know about, or the same old crap I already knew. It was an ugly situation that was quickly kiboshed, but it did its damage to make a bad situation worse. This is the ugly that family can bring. And much of that will just depend on the type of family you have. And because of that, for each of you, you get to decide who you tell, what you tell, when you tell, where you tell, and why you tell. So how do you go about making that decision? It should definitely not be a decision you make on a whim or on a moment's notice. It should definitely not be a decision you make when you're in an emotionally vulnerable state. And by emotionally vulnerable, that means sadness, anger, frustration, loneliness, etc. You should make that decision after careful thought and consideration of all the issues you face. Ask yourself these questions. One, is the divorce decision final? If it isn't final, you could be damaging any chance of salvaging your marriage by bringing other people into the trauma drama. If it is final, 
family could give you much-needed support in your healing process. Question 2. Who do I want to tell my family? You have control over how information is released to a point, obviously, because the information will get out there eventually. But if you don't want to bring your crazy Uncle Larry into the mix, that's up to you. Question number three. What support do I want or need from my family? Do you just need a listening ear, a house to stay in, maybe you need moving help? You should ask yourself these things to get a better idea of how your family, which can be one of the biggest parts of your divorce tribe, can help. Question number four. Is my family stable enough to provide the support I want or need? Some family can't provide what you need. If you have a sister that is dealing with addictions of her own, or a brother who has already been divorced, or parents who have never grown up, they may not be able to provide much assistance as you go through your divorce. So you may only be telling them what's happening and then going it on your own. Question 5. What will result from telling my family? Will this lead to mayhem or will this lead to actually getting what you need? Now, write all this down in your divorce journal. Brainstorm the possible outcomes that could happen. Come up with a game plan for these things. Suzanne Finnamore says in her memoir, quote, We should have had a master plan of some kind, as in an earthquake. Anne and I live on a major fault line, the San Andreas, a fact now sharply significant. California, the golden state with a divorce rate bubbling along at 58%, the long and deep fault line splitting the bedrock, spreading with the brisk rate of dissolution down toward Los Angeles, just a few hundred miles south home of the La Brea Tar Pits, Disneyland, Loma Prieta, Hollywood. All of this ricocheting across the nation to New York and back again, exploding in a quasar of terrorism and cultural disintegration. End quote. So, come up with that master plan for involving family. Brainstorm the possible outcomes. Be prepared for what happens so that you're not caught off guard and unprepared. Now, let me speak to those who were unable to make this decision whether to involve family, because, you know, it was already made or was taken from you. Some spouses may go out of their way to hurt you, and that may involve them involving your family before you have a chance to talk to them. Maybe they send a text blast to your entire family telling them what a bastard you are. Or maybe you're past that, and you have family already involved, and you're dealing with the struggles similar to what I described. This is my advice to you. Take it or leave it. You know deep down what type of family you have. The caring, supporting kind, or the not-so-caring, not-so-supporting kind. Right now, you need to take care of yourself and your kids. When I was making decisions about my divorce, ultimately all decisions came down to what was best for my kids. They were my totem that kept me grounded. If I could take a step back and make a decision based on what was best for my kids... It was almost always the better decision. Did I always follow this path? Absolutely not. When you're near the beginning and the pain is great, it's all you can do to get out of bed, to make breakfast, to shuttle the kids to school, and then to work. The only respite was the nightly TV numbings. But when I got past that and started focusing on my kids, it made those decisions so much easier. Let me make one last point before I summarize what we talked about this episode. 
When you divorce a spouse, you are not just divorcing one individual. You are divorcing that individual's parents, brothers, sisters. You are divorcing your spouse's extended family. It's rare to keep the same close relationships that you had with your spouse's family after a divorce. I'm not saying it isn't possible, but that's the exception. Families tend to side with their loved ones, and even if they side with you, that doesn't break that genetic bond that ties family together. So to conclude, what I wanted to accomplish this episode was to help you understand the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sorry, had to do it again. Of involving family in your relationship near its end. Hopefully I gave you an idea of both the positives and the negatives associated with that because there are fantastic positives and then there are some pretty big negatives. But I want to leave you again with a few key points. One, family can be a big support. They can help you weather the emotional storms that are now a part of your life. They can embrace you. They can weep with you. Two, Family can also be a hindrance to your healing process. You know better than anyone whether this is true. So make your own decision on how much to involve them based on what you know. Three, write in your notebook the pros and cons of involving family. Brainstorm the outcomes. Figure out the who, what, where, when, and why of involving family and write it down. Come up with a game plan for what to do so that you're not caught off guard at a moment of emotional vulnerability. And then four, if family is already involved, take care of yourself and your kids. Keep them out of conflict. Don't let them get drawn into family drama, because it's not healthy for you or for them. Hopefully this gave you somewhat of an idea of how to deal with family. For some reason this episode was hard for me to get through. It may have to do with my experiences with family this week. I shot myself in the foot by sending that angry, cathartic email. Like I said, I usually write those and then delete them, but I sent it, and now I'm dealing with the repercussions. But such is life during divorce. It's a roller coaster of emotions, but as long as the ups outnumber the downs, as long as the ups outnumber the downs, you know you're progressing. After sending the letter and the subsequent crap storm that followed, I was able to go to the symphony with my mom, and we discussed everything going on in my life. She was able to listen and put things in perspective, and then we were able to get some frozen custard and watch some TV with my dad. That is the good that family can bring. Now, next week, I'll be talking about telling your children about your divorce. This was one of the hardest moments of my divorce because I saw firsthand the immediate impact this decision was having on my children. But there are right ways to go about telling them and wrong ways to go about telling them. And we'll discuss both next week. Thank you for joining me today. If you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe. Leave a review and share it with others who could use support and healing. Visit thedivorcetribe.com for more resources to help you through your divorce. And follow me at The Divorce Tribe on Instagram to be notified when new episodes and content are released. 
Remember, you are not alone. We are part of the same tribe, the Divorce Tribe. Until next time.